Welcome to An American's Guide to Bollywood, where today we're talking about Ravnabana de Jodi, a 2008 Shah Rukh Khan film in which a man enters a dance competition in disguise to woo his wife. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is the second film in our Shah Rukh Khan series. Mm-hmm. And I think my favorite of the three. I realized as I was watching it, no, I haven't seen the third one, but as I was watching it, I was like, this is, this is the best one. It's just really well paced and well acted and well conceived. And it really works across cultures very well because I think mm-hmm. it would be easily understandable by anyone. I think it would be, definitely be a beginner movie. For sure. I mean, there's stuff in it. There's arranged marriages and stuff. But I think Americans are just willing to accept that mostly as some something Indians do. Well, and, and it's honestly not really arranged. It The father just said, this would be really great if both of you would do this. It's my dying wish, but you don't have to. Yeah. So pretty emotional blackmail. <laughs> no. But uh, they still were given the choice to say no. Yeah, and I would also say family-friendly. Anyone who's old enough to be interested is old enough to watch it. Oh, for sure. Because it's just a sweet little romantic comedy. It is. That I think really exemplifies a lot of what relationships and marriage should be. Like, what love actually is versus what it's portrayed as. Yeah, I think that's true. And I'm not afraid to say that I cried twice. Good. Yeah. That means we can still be sisters. (laughs) I didn't realize there was so much on the line. (laughs) So this is a movie about, as we said, it begins with an arranged marriage in an untraditional way. Mm -hmm. The woman, Anushka Sharma, and this was her first film, amazingly. I know. She's so good in it. She's so good in it. And it was a huge hit. Yes. So this is amazing for a first movie. She is going to get married to someone else and she's super happy about it. It's a love match. All this stuff. And Shah Rukh Khan is there for the wedding, I guess, because... He was invited by the father because he was his favorite student. Yes. The father was a professor (laughs) and Shah Rukh Khan was his favorite student. And so... And he's like shy and awkward and he has glasses and a button-up shirt. he's the biggest nerd and he wears nerdy business clothes but with sneakers like a true nerd. Always has a pen in his pocket. The nerdiest hair I've ever seen him have. And he's so cute. He's the most adorable nerd. I would marry that guy in a heartbeat. I'd be like, you seem like stable husband material. (laughs) Let's get married. And we find out he is. (laughs) And he falls in love with this girl at first sight. And then, then right as he's watching, someone comes up and is like, oh no, the groom and his entire family died in a car wreck on the way here. And then the shock of that makes her father, Professor, have a heart attack. And as he's dying in the hospital, he's like, I don't want Tani to be alone. Please marry her. That would be great. And then he's like, hey, Tani, could you marry this guy? I really, I just, you don't have to. I've always, I've never made you do anything. But if you don't, I'll never be at peace. (laughs) Yeah. Just, you know, your dying father's last request. Exactly. And this is something that's hard for Americans to understand, but she would have been considered unlucky after that by Mm -hmm. a lot of people because on their way to the wedding, the whole groom's family died. So it might have actually been hard for her to find somebody else to marry. And she wasn't qualified to do any, to support herself in any way. 
Right, and her father was dying. So yes. it, this all happens yeah. in one day. I just can't get over the timeline for this bit because it opens actually with them getting off the train and she's still in her wedding sari. Mm-hmm. And he's like, a day ago I saw her for the first time. And, and I'm I like, no, what is happening? Are you serious? Like, Because well, they don't look happy either. No, they get off the train. You're like, oh, no, who died? Well, Turns out a lot of people. <laughs> yes. I just can't believe that the father died and they got married on the same day. I know. They even had time for that hospital scene. I know. That seems nuts to me. They but just happen fast when you're trying to secure somebody's future in India. I guess. I do think in America you would never get married that fast. Like, you would no. be like, okay, like, let's give it a couple weeks at least. Oh, yeah. For While, sure. like, you know, you mourn your father. You can still live in your father's house. So they go to his home, which is one of those ancestral homes, but it's completely empty because he has no family. Right. It's so pretty, though. It is. And then basically it's it's kind of Suri's struggle with the fact that he's in love with his wife, but she... Straight up tells him. I mean, yeah, she's in mourning. She just lost her husband. Her, you know, fiancé. It is great that she knew herself well enough and was open enough with him to say, I'm going to be a good wife to you. I just can't love you. Yeah. So, finally, there's a dance competition that comes through, and she's, you know, bored and unhappy, and so she decides she wants to join, and Suri, who realizes that he loves his wife, asks his friend on the same day, just coincidentally, for a makeover that will make her see him. Exactly. Well, and because she says, you know, just give me time, I have to kill the old Tawny that I was and become a new Tawny, and he's like... That's not what I wanted to hear, because he likes her already. Yeah. So his friend, his best friend, who's just, their their friendship is, like, the sweetest thing of all time. Oh my gosh, it's so sweet. Him and Bobby. He's the most outrageous person. Bobby is, like, from the Jersey Shore, basically. Whatever the Jersey Shore area of India is, like, that's where he's from. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, if this was an American movie, he would either be extremely flamboyantly gay, or... From the Jersey Shore. Yeah. There's no other thing that it translates to. So he gives him a makeover, which is, of course, atrocious looking. But it like he loses his mustache, his hair gets like more fashionable. He's wearing clothes, like literally a tight shirt that says bad boy on it in sequined cursive. Like, I I don't understand where they're clearly Bobby's clothes. Well, and that makes no sense because they are not the same shape. <laughs> she Well, he wears very tight clothes through the whole movie, so I hope that that's the justification they use. They would be stretched out. Maybe this is from 20 years ago. Maybe he just keeps sizes for everybody it just in store for if they need to dress up like a tool. Maybe. But anyway, he decides he's going to go... Because she won't recognize him, he's going to go watch his wife in the dance contest before going home and revealing, hi, it's me, I'm your husband and my new makeover. So he goes and she doesn't recognize him at all and they wind up getting paired up together. Right, because this dance dance studio is not having just spectators. They see him and they're like, oh yeah, no, get out there and dance. And he's like, oh, I don't want to. Yeah. So basically he decides to lead this double life as himself, Suri, and Raj the more flamboyant one, in order to essentially woo his wife. So the irony, of course, is that he plays these characters all the time in movies, but this is just the worst possible version of that. Yes. 
But it's funny because he's not actually that guy. So when she gives enough pushback, he he backs down like all the way. And he's like, oh, sorry, I'll never do it again. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But then immediately starts again because he doesn't know how else to play this character. Yeah. And it's weird to watch him go from Raj back to Suri because you're so used to seeing him look more like Raj in all his movies Mm -hmm. that it's then you're like oh right yeah he's Suri and Suri is so quiet and so sweet and so humble I mean because he's doing all of this just to make her happy well I mean to the point that he was like oh um I always sleep in the attic so (laughs) you can sleep in this room this is all yours but it's he's like picking up his stuff because he's getting a box of stuff with a pillow and it's like oh i always sleep in the attic but i keep my stuff down here so uh and then we see the attic and it's just like building with cobwebs and everything yeah so one of the things about this movie though is that it's really big on showing what real enduring love is versus just like the exciting relationship that where you feel love Yeah. But maybe it wouldn't last. And that's, Suri is the dependable, solid guy that you can count on, and he shows love in the kind of way that matters. It's in the small things. He just wants to make her happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And And he gets stuff from the really small things, too. She packs his tip in for lunch, and it's the biggest deal in the world. He's so happy about it, and it is adorable. Yeah, I mean, it's literally like her first obligation as a wife, I'm pretty sure, is to pack a tiffin. But that's what he wants. Yeah. And of course, those are the little things that matter in real life. Yeah. She can't really see that or appreciate that, because of course, she is grieving. Right, and she doesn't love him yet, so for her, it is just a a duty. And she feels it as an obligation. Like, this guy helped me out when I needed it, and he keeps doing nice things for me, so I do nice things for him. But I think every time he does a nice thing for her, because she doesn't recognize it as a sign of love, mm-hmm. she feels like it's another thing she's obligated to him for. Absolutely. Which I think is a really realistic portrayal of that. I think it is, and I think there are, I mean, there are some people who do love each other but still see things transactionally that way. Yeah. I mean, at one point she says, don't, please don't do anything so big for me that I can never repay you my whole life. And this really is just a straight up romantic comedy, but just the way it looks at love really, I think, puts it head and shoulders above a lot of other things in the genre. Just because it's it's looking at real life. It's not glamorizing. I mean, obviously it's glamorizing yeah. some stuff. But, you know, it's not really glamorizing the way relationships should be. No, it isn't. It's a really amazing look at that. You know, as as weird as some of the stuff is where you're like, you're lying to your wife a lot. And it, it in some ways it starts to feel like a trap for her, but it isn't. You know, he really is. every Everything that he does is really just wanting to see what's going to be best for her. Yeah. Although there are conversations where Bobby's like, so you're going to tell her now? And he's like, no. And you're like, oh, as an audience member, though, I really wish you would. I know, right? That's getting weird. Yeah. Um, There's also a lot of talk about God, which is interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So they're Sikhs, but they Mm -hmm. don't wear the turbans or have the beards. Yes. But it's the guru that's on the wall that they keep talking to. Babaji. And because the title of the film translates to A Match Made by God. Mm-hmm. And there is a lot of discussion of God leading this story. God being in charge of what's 
happening to them. And honestly, I'm going to say it does help some with like plot holes because things where he's like, she should have recognized me, but it's God's story. <laughs> exactly. What are like, the odds would be paired up? But it's God's story. Which is interesting because I feel like in a lot of Indian movies, they wouldn't have even done that. Oh, no. They're just like double roll jerks. Deal with it. Well, they wouldn't have even done it in an American movie. Like, we would have bought it. We're fine. We get it. Exactly. It's just the plot device. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's a big deal about who do you you see God in. Yeah. And that being an indicator of true love. So, yeah, kind of an interesting look at, like, the preeminence of religion in our culture also. Mm -hmm. Because this was just a regular movie. Yeah. Well, yeah, and we see maybe three different times people going to temples oh my gosh can we just for one second talk about the baffling so it's the song with a really long title in the middle where he's like (laughs) yeah oh it's it's my birthday and i want you to spend the whole day with me and he's singing and it's basically him going between being Suri and raj but like talking just about how he sees god in her yeah so this is supposed to be his birthday that they're spending however he wants right they go to at least three different religious sites of all different religions to pray the most baffling part i felt was when they were in the catholic church and then a bunch of little Sikh children come out holding candles i just don't understand i mean i get the religious pluralism you know it's a big deal in india but like there were some weird choices made in that song Guess what, Rose? It's boring to go to a bunch of temples that look exactly the same. I guess so. (laughs) I don't know. But, yeah. But he also, like, goes to bathe in the river and pray. Yeah. So the music in this was done by Salim Suleiman, who are a songwriting duo Mm -hmm. that do a lot of big movies like this. And I really love this soundtrack. Oh, it's good. And you know, everyone else did too. This was the first Bollywood soundtrack to break into the top 10 albums on iTunes. Completely justified. Agreed. All the songs are great. Yeah. And what's even better is the way they use the songs in the score to indicate what is being communicated in the scene. So... The song we opened with, that's Raja's song. Mm-hmm. So whenever Raj is doing something particularly outrageous or funny, we hear a sting of that. Whenever Suri does something particularly sweet or loving for Tani, we hear Holy Holy, which is the song we'll play at the end, because that's Suri's song. And of course, the lyrics are about, I guess, Holy Holy, they translate to mean softly, sweetly, slowly, yeah. something like that. yeah. And then, like, their love song together, or that idea of seeing God in another person, that gets used, too, during those moments. And that's the song we'll play in the middle. So, I mean, it was just a really thoughtful score that once you know the songs, you realize they're actually using it to mean something more than just, we need background music here. I also thought it was interesting that Raja's song is sort of like the Om Shanti Om song. I know! there were. It's funny, having watched both of these in a row... There were things where I'm like, I know they're completely unrelated, but there's things about this movie that remind me of Om Shanti Om. Yeah. Like that number, because it's the film, the Bollywood homage to, you know, the musical numbers. Exactly. And then also the fact that the film is such a predominant influence in Suri's life. Yes, and that they used a bunch of Shah Rukh Khan's past co-stars in these, and it's really funny. Because he keeps saying, I mean, it's part of the song title, but Chalte Chalte. Yeah. And Rani Mukherjee, 
who's the last person that he dances with, was in a movie in the 90s called Chalte Chalte with him. It's not yeah. good. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Kajal, who's the first woman he dances with, is the one he's paired up with most famously and frequently. Yeah. And of course, this is a specific, the five different settings and the lyrics in the five different verses, they're references to specific film couples throughout yes. the history of, of Bollywood that are very famous. Mm-hmm. Beginning, of course, with Raj Kapoor, since that's who the character has named himself after. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Although, as an American watching it, you see that set and you're like, Charlie Chaplin? What is going on? It is funny how much those styles translate into our own cinematic eras. Yeah. So with that, we'll take an interval, and we'll see you on the other side with spoilers. There are, there are filler bits in the middle of this movie, right? So most Bollywood movies, you expect the filler to be up front. Right. But this one, the first act is much more tightly structured as far as Bollywood films go. And it's the middle where you start being like, hold on here. <laughs> and that's... Um, that is true. Yeah, and that's the stuff with Tiny and Dolly. Tiny and Dolly. That's and then right. the stuff with like the Japanese trade show. And, yeah. But... I mean, obviously, Tiny and Dolly are the ones that are the most fillery, but I kind of don't care because I love the Doom the, jokes so I know, much. me too. The motorcycle chase and the Doom song. Is that yeah. Doom 2? It was Doom. Yeah, it was Doom 2. Yeah. Which is a big action movie. Yeah. Uh, series. Yes. Even the Japanese trade show where you're like, oh my gosh, like we already, like we need to get to the end of this. What is happening right because now? Because Raj has already declared his love in like a super romantic way, over the top way, like you do in movies, you know, because mm-hmm. it's Raj. It very irresponsibly uh, had I love you spelled out in lights because he's misusing his power. I know. It's like, I hope there were no hospitals or nursing homes in that. I know, right? (laughs) But they did use those things well. I mean, I mean, there was a purpose to it, you know, Mm -hmm. even, even though they could have taken it out, they still brought something to the end result of the movie because you see Raj essentially learning, I mean, sorry, but like through Raj learning what Tawny or a woman, theoretically, but Tawny specifically, wants from a relationship which is, of course, incredibly ironic because that's exactly what Suri has already given her. But yeah. she just doesn't know it. But it kind of helps him to understand what he needs to do as Raj in order to kind of break through where she's at. And then also, the Japanese trade show is kind of what brings to a head her internal conflict between Raj and Suri and her real feelings towards Suri because that's what finally makes her say, Stop obligating me with all of the the things you're doing for me like the nice things you're doing for me yeah so it was just it was nice that everything kind of served a purpose even if it was a little bit rambling yeah it was it held together really well yeah and i really love i mean i have to say like my favorite scene in the movie is the one before intermission you see raj and bobby dancing with joy in bobby's hairstyle barbershop and then Bobby passes out and Raj is talking to the Surrey mannequin where his mustache and glasses are. 
about how everything's going to be great because Raj is going to sweep Tawny off her feet and they're going to run away together and Suri, the old stick in the mud that's holding him back, will be left behind. But then, like, that touching moment when he says, but I know what you're thinking. Like, what's going to happen to Suri? Like, what if, as she's falling in love with Raj, she forgets all about Suri? And that glimpse into, like, him realizing... That he can't be both. Yeah, he can't just make her happy by being Raj. Like, he is Suri. She has to love Suri at some point. Which I really liked. I mean, and Suri tells that to Bobby. He's like, yeah, I get it, but I'm not going to change who I am. Yeah. I'm me, and she's going to have to love me. And I really loved that Suri didn't dislike himself. It wasn't that Suri always wished he was Raj. I mean, I think there's a small part of, like being the film hero or whatever, but Suri doesn't really want to change who he is. No. And I also like, because I feel like it would have been easy for the movie to be like, now I'm finally liberated and I don't have to be this shy, awkward person anymore. I've learned how to be really outgoing and everyone yeah, we, likes me. We've all seen Grease <laughs> with a great message at the end. Change yeah. yourself completely. Yeah. But he does like who he is. He knows he's a boring, quiet, nerdy person. And he's (laughs) fine with that. And everyone else is fine with it, too. He's loved at work. Oh, yeah. He's got a bunch of friends. That as soon as everyone finds out he's married, they all want to meet his wife. I know. And they're all so happy when she brings him his tiffin at work. I know. It's really sweet. And he has his Bobby, who's his friend. And even when he's pretending to be Raj and he has the, the car dealership or mechanic shop or whatever they all like him enough that they're willing to play along with this yeah so i liked that too i liked yeah me too yeah and you do that that is one thing if this was an american movie that would not have been the final message that we got no at least at the very end when we're seeing over the credits which Here's another example of something Indian movies do sometimes. Gosh. They'll just choose parts of movies not to translate. Yeah. I mean, if... Now that sounds bad. They're not going to just, like, five minutes that aren't translated. But this credits thing, Suri is speaking over the whole thing, and photos of their trip to Japan are coming up, and they just don't translate it. Yep. And that sometimes happens. It'll happen with songs, too. Yeah. You can find it online if you look, but it is annoying in the movie you want to see it then also i will say it's funny because this was a really big movie in india and it has famous actors in it and it has famous like the director is famous but there's typos all over these subtitles yes there are and it's not subtitles that would have been picked up with a spell check which means that you needed an english-speaking person to proof these (laughs) exactly because want isn't a word that anyone uses. Oh, it's want w- with yeah. an apostrophe. <laughs> yeah. Want is only if we are in Shakespearean England. Exactly. And there were things like there and there, and they kept saying loose, loose instead of instead lose. Instead of lose, <laughs> I saw that for sure. But that is something you just get used to when you're watching Indian movies. Exactly. There are a shocking number of really basic typos. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're seeing the photos of their trip to Japan, and he's wearing his nerdy clothes. He's a nerd. Yeah. And when he shows up at th- on the stage at the end... Mm-hmm. He's also in his nerding clothes because that's who Suri is. Suri is the person that wears office clothes with sneakers. Yes. Like big white ones, not fashionable ones. I like know. the ones your dad wears. Exactly. And sorry, dad. And <laughs> uh, he's at the dance competition. He's walking up on stage, 
pen in his pocket because <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> but he did forget his handkerchief, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. An idiot. I also really liked, I really liked Tawny's revelation when she's praying, like, I have never seen go- you and anyone to God. She's praying mm-hmm. to God. I've never seen you and anyone, and, like, I want to see you. I mean, if this is a thing that can happen, like, I want to see you and someone. Yeah, show, show me. me. And, of course, she opens her eyes, and Suri's walking toward her. Yeah. She's walking toward her in his work clothes. But, and then her starting to realize, like, looking past just, this is a boring guy who I don't care about. Mm -hmm. And actually looking at him for the first time and seeing who he is. And the her. And the care, his character. Yeah. And then at the end, so then, of course, her telling Raj, like, I can't Mm -hmm. run away with you. And she even describes him super, what's super clear. I know. She was like, you know, yeah, he's a little boring and he doesn't talk much and all this stuff. And you're like, ooh. He doesn't care, though. Because he he knows. He knows exactly who he is. He's like, this is great. She's not (laughs) leaving me. She sees me for who I am and loves me anyway. But yeah, but I, I am really relieved at the end when... Suri walks on stage instead of Raj, and he knows the choreography, and she realizes, oh my gosh, like, he is Raj. He's been Raj this whole time. And what I think is hilarious is that they win the dance competition, and I know they do just because, but I'm like, they were giving each other weird looks. They should have been smiling. The vibe on that stage would have been so weird. Yeah, because she was just kind of staring at him with, like, confused intensity the whole time. And I'm like, this is a peppy number. You should be smiling right now. And he's Surrey, so he's not really smiling either. So, yeah. So they're just doing the choreography like robots. Yeah. Um, Maybe the crowd thought it was a style choice. They loved it. (laughs) They did. They could sense something was going on here. Mm -hmm. They wanted to be in on it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But I really loved that we didn't get a scene of, I feel so betrayed and running away and, like, Mm -hmm. crying. And then the explanation of, like, no, I just did it because I love you. I was really glad that we were spared that. And they were playing off of the expectation of it. Yes. Um, You know, she says, it was lies, all lies. He's like, no, wait, no, wait. And she's like, you said you didn't know what true love was. But you've done it all along for me. Yeah. He was like, oh, uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'm okay with that. That's okay. Yeah. So anyway, just a lot of really sweet moments and just really good messages throughout. Yeah. Which I liked. I mean, there's so few romantic comedies where you can be like, yeah, you should look at this and think this is the type of relationship I want. Right. Without the double role. But yes. (laughs) It worked for them for where they were (laughs) emotionally. It did. But I mean, you know, if your husband maybe has real distinctive nose and teeth... Maybe, like, check that out and look for it on mysterious people that show up. pouty lips. I mean, everything. (laughs) But, yeah. This movie did surprisingly well, even though it... Not surprising, but it's that it came out two weeks after the 2008 Mumbai terrorist attacks. So, the whole country was kind of in a weird place, and... They really toned down marketing. They were like, ooh, let's not put this in everybody's faces right now. It's weird. But you know what? If I had just been through a terrorist attack, this is the movie I would want to watch. And that's the thing. I don't think that hurt it at all. Yeah, and as an unusual role for Shah Rukh Khan. Mm Because apparently he'd been approached with this role when he was younger, but he didn't feel like he could do it. But I think it really showed his versatility for acting. I think it did, especially because even though it should have been easy for him to play Raj, he was actually really good at something that seemed hard to me, which is playing Raj 
in an uncertain way when Tani wasn't looking. Yes. He he still was walking that line and... Yeah. Yeah. And being just over the top enough, and even when she was looking. But he just does it. Like, he did it really well. Yeah. Yeah, and it was really well directed, of course. Since it's Aditya Chopra, he's, like, a respected director. Although I don't particularly care for all of his movies. I He's a, he's mostly a producer, really, and he, he is a good producer. Mm-hmm. But in this, I think you see his skill as a director just because this could have easily gone so over the top. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Raj could have been so obnoxious to the point of, like, not wanting to see it, and it could have been all slapstick humor and all that. Yeah, and three could have been too much of a stick in the mud and unlikable. Yeah. So I think they really managed that fine line. Yeah, they really did. So next up is our third movie and final movie in our Shower Con trilogy, and that is Fan. F-A-N. No weird spelling on this one. <laughs> it's basically Shower Con playing his own stalker. I'm very excited. In a very thinly veiled version of his life. Not that he had a stalker, but just the character he plays as a famous actor is basically himself. So All right. And it's available for streaming on Amazon Prime. Nice. So we'll see you next time on An American's Guide to Bollywood. For more of An American's Guide to Bollywood, go to guidetobollywood.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com. होले होले से दुआ लगती है ना